Hello and welcome to the World Fellows podcast. My name is Emma Skye and I'm director of the World Fellows program at Yale. My guest today is Solangel Fernandez, an architect and urban planner from Peru. Sol, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Emma. Thank you for having me here. So, Sol, when you were a kid growing up in Peru, what did you dream of being, of becoming? Well, I, when I was a kid, I lived in the city center of uh, Lima, which is a vastly vibrant city. Uh, lots of things happening around while I was growing. I was very curious of everything I experienced in this city, the noises, the colors, all the people that walk around my neighborhood. Um, it's just uh, so many activities happening at the same time. And I wanted to be many things, really, when I was growing up, like from physician to mechanical engineer to lawyer. And after I understood that, I just wanted to learn how things worked, try to understand what was happening uh, around me. And so it's basically being an urban planner is putting all, the, all of that together. So do you see yourself more as an architect or as an urban planner? I see myself as an urban specialist. I do a lot of urban design and urban planning, but also I had to learn urban economics to be able to take the best decisions for, for cities and communities. Today, I design neighborhoods, public spaces at different scales. Uh, being an architect helps me to understand the built environment better. And being an urban designer and, and planner helped, helped me to prioritize people, the wellness of communities, and um, apply these multiple um, disciplines in the work that I do today. I also do a lot of work, mainly working in teams with other specialists, as we have to deal with all the very varied dynamics that we appreciate in the cities that we work. So you were Minister of Housing, Construction and Sanitation in Peru. I mean, that's a huge job and you must have had many people working for you. What are you most proud of achieving during your time as the minister? It was an, an honor for me to become a minister of, of housing. I, we, we work in a transitional government. Uh, our administration lasted around eight months and a half. Uh, one of the things I am most proud of is uh, having demonstrated that you can work with transparency in an honest government and also demonstrated that important goals can be achieved in a short period of time if we learn to work together, if we have a political will to make these changes and also value the technical capacity in our teams to move forward.
Other uh, two uh, important achievements are uh, when we started with the administration, we found more than 800 projects paralyzed in Peru, infrastructure projects, and in, in eight months, we managed to reactivate all of them that had to be implemented during that year. Um, also, we uh, managed to uh, do all the coordination to approve a very important law and uh, nationwide, which is the sustain, Urban Sustainable Law, which in, implicated that we had to coordinate with all the parties in the parliament and do uh, a lot of workshops with several uh, members of the civil society to move forward with this important normativity. It was uh, been uh, work around uh, many years in Peru, but never got approved. And uh, I think we did a very good job coordinating that and achieving the approval of the law and really hope to see some of the implementation soon. Um, it has been uh, the most rewarding job for me to become a um, minister uh, because you can really have an enormous impact in changing the life of people, especially vulnerable people, uh, with the decisions that you take and guiding and being sure that the public investment uh, really gets to the communities that are waiting for this benefit for a long time, many of them. What was it, Minister? Huge job. Was it a big struggle? Did you get any sleep? Did you get to see your son? Well, we we did, we did this as a family, and it was a family decision uh, where everybody put uh, everybody did their part. Uh, I, I I saw my family very little time, but uh, they supported me in through all of this, and also. I had a very supportive team. We we did a, a very good teamwork, uh, which made possible um, to 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 be a minister in a period of political crisis, in a period of uh, um, health emergency because of COVID. And so I really appreciate uh, the work of each of the members of of the team uh, during that period. So in New Haven, you cycle everywhere and you have a wonderful bike, a Brompton bike. And I have one in London and I think they're the most amazing bicycles. I love mine too. But in New Haven, it's not a very cycling friendly city. And you've commented on that. What needs to be done to get more people cycling here? Well, I think it's a great opportunity to have a town where we have one of the major American universities. Uh, lots of students, young people coming every year uh, to, to live here. Um, a very um, proactive university wanting to do things for the town and also a town council that is uh, looking towards improving the town. I think there's a great opportunity of working together. Um, implementing 
uh, better public spaces and uh, especially uh, better infrastructure for uh, active mobility, which is uh, uh, prioritizing pedestrians, uh, people that move with bicycles and uh, also uh, public transport. Um, I think there is an, an opportunity to, to start working, perhaps starting with small changes, uh, pilot projects that can demonstrate that um, it's possible to uh, insert successfully uh, active mobility infrastructure, more cycle lanes around New Haven. Um, as I have seen, uh, as I've been moving around many cyclists going on the pedestrian uh, paths because of um, they are they are scared of you know being involved in an accident. Cars don't uh, respect the speed limit, and so at nights, evening and nights especially, they they used to run. Uh, so it's where you see more cyclists on pedestrian areas, and that puts pedestrians at risk as well. Uh, so everybody is at risk if we don't um, move forward implementing a better infrastructure so people share space in a friendly, harmonic way in our cities. And I think it's a very important task and an opportunity to work together. It's something that can, can be achieved with a small investment, but with a good strategy, I think New Haven can move forward and uh, be in the map of a, a pedestrian and cycling-friendly city in the US. Well, let's hope so. I mean, we have a few, a couple of cycle lanes now in New Haven that we didn't have before. But I, for one, at night, will be cycling on the sidewalk with pavement because I'm too scared of the roads at night. So if there were cycle lanes everywhere, then we could all, we wouldn't need to use cars at all in New Haven because it's so small. If we feel safe, especially women, because we don't go on the um, street uh, if we don't feel safe. So uh, if we use women to uh, measure this, how many women are cycling, uh, we're going to notice that if we provide for safer infrastructure, more people gradually is going to, uh, you know, be uh, be willing to change the way they are moving around in the city, and we're going to see the number of cyclists increasing. As a result, uh, the environment improves. We get less noise, we get less pollution, and we can effectively effectively tackle climate change and become a more progressive city in terms of the actions that we take to make it healthier. Well, I'm going to make sure the mayor of New Haven and the president of Yale listen to what you've been saying. When you look you know, around the world now, there's been a big migration from the countryside to the cities. And now over half the world's population live in urban areas. This is going to put big pressure on cities. What should they be doing to ensure that they can cope with this amount of people to function and to be more livable? Uh, I can comment about three important things. Uh, the first one, I think, is uh, to be able to, to think about the future and that the actions that we do today will affect this future. Um, many of our 
leaders are thinking short term just in their period of government and just think on the period that they have in office and the goals that they will achieve during that time. But uh, that it is very important to project towards the future and the fact that our actions today will have then. Um, in, in that sense, the second issue would be that we need to, uh, to work in these foundations today to be able to make the changes in these areas where the status quo is not letting us move forward. For example, um, we have to provide better infrastructure to be able to uh, make people move uh, safer in active transport, clean transportation, uh, so we improve the environment gradually in the years to come. Um, and this is an example, but there are many different areas in cities where there is a need to change, and uh, we need to plan for that transition. Because change is not easy, people get scared with change, and we need to demonstrate with small interventions that this change will be positive for everybody. So, for example, uh, in countries like Peru, uh, there is um, a lot of housing, especially from uh, mostly from vulnerable communities that is being built at the periphery of cities. And uh, this is one of the things that we need to change because uh, we need to stop pretending that the vulnerable communities just will have the opportunity to live at the outskirts of the city. We need to make a space for everybody in the areas where they will have enough opportunities to have health and education and all the services that people need. So there are many things that need to be approached in a different uh, way to provide for a better future. And we need political will and a good technical uh, capacity to do that. And well, the third thing would be that we need to focus our actions in uh, prioritizing people, looking towards uh, this uh, transition that we need uh, to undertake to address the challenges of climate change and poverty that we face today. And um, this also means that some things that we used to do in one way will need to change. Uh, in uh, the policies and the actions that, that we take. And also that everybody needs to cooperate, the private sector, institutions, and uh, we need um, le good leaders to take these actions forward. Osola, it's been amazing getting to know you at Yale. And I've been so impressed by how you take ideas then you grab a pen and then you're starting to draw and sketch all of these things out and bringing in all the different connections, all the things that need to be taken into account. So you're using all your skills as an architect, as a designer and like a really human focused person to bring about better results. So I've learned lots from you and I really wish you all the best for the future. Thank you, Emma. It's mutual. I have learned um, a lot from you and the cohort of, of uh, the fellows. 
And um, I think in, during this uh, time of crisis that we live, I have also learned the importance of trust, of gaining the trust of um, the communities and uh, the people that we work for. And I think that is going to be a very big challenge for um, many of our leaders today, gaining back trust to be able to implement the things that we need to do. And thanks a lot. And um, I think we'll stay connected for a lifetime of sharing. Definitely. Thank you, Sol. Thank you.